If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. Great to be with you, to spend some time, talk about the Parsha, look at life, understand life, to take a look at the issues... <coughs> that we confront on a daily basis, the, the issues that, in fact, make up life, the issues that we look to Torah for clarification, for purpose. And each and every single week carries with it a unique and specific lesson, a message that talks to us about specific areas of life, where we need clarity. And each and every single week comes with its own particular type of lesson. This week... Noach, a very strange story, a story on the one hand of destruction, the great flood. God destroys the entire world except for one family and a select number of animals, kosher and non-kosher. It's a story of rebuilding as well, for God tells Noah there will be a time after the flood when you and your family will come and rebuild the world, repopulate the world. The animals will come out of the ark and they too will repopulate the world with their own species. What happened over here? Perhaps one of the saddest, one of the most tragic statements in the entire Torah can be found at the end of last week's Parsha Bereshit. Bereshit is a Parsha that begins with such incredible, intense glory, creation of the world. God brings the world into being. There was nothing. God brings the world into being. And what a magnificent, beautiful world, the Garden of Eden, Gan Eden. It's a perfect world. It's a wonderful world, a world of manyness, a world of beauty, a world that reflects godliness, a world that is made by God himself each and every single day for six successive days. Each and every single day, God creates another dimension of this magnificent creation. And what happens? What happens some generations later, nine generations, ten generations later, God says, Kini Khamti, I regret the fact that I created this world. One begins to wonder, it boggles the mind, God, the perfect architect, God, creator of heaven and earth, what is he saying? What happened over here? God who creates the perfect world. God who creates the most beautiful and magnificent world. What does he say? I regret that I created this world. What in fact he is saying is I regret that I put elements into this world that had the power of choice. And they chose badly. Instead of choosing to maintain the type of world that I wanted, they chose to create within my creation a type of world that rebelled against me, that denied my presence, and therefore created a world of violence, a world of corruption, a horrible world. What God is saying is that instead of being this incredible world that I wanted, what happened was it became a world of absolute chaos. And this is how our Parsha begins. God says, I have looked at this world. This world doesn't deserve to continue. He turns to Noah and he says, 
Noach, you're the only man that is a tzaddik tamim. You're righteous. You're perfect. You have withstood the pressures of society around you. You have stood firm. You stood strong. You retained your faith in me. And this is why you have been chosen to be the one who will be rescued. You will enter the ark and you will be saved while the entire world will be destroyed. What is going on over here? While we know the story, most of us know that story. It's a famous story. What in actual fact is taking place? We have to understand that because we have to understand what brings about a situation where God is able to say, I regret the fact that I made this world. And even though there are certain commentaries who say, it doesn't mean I regret, but in fact I am consoled. But consolation is also something that comes after loss, something that comes after grief. God is in a state of grief that he created the world because there is a loss. God looks at this world. God looks at this incredible world that he brought into being and he says, the only thing I can do with this world, I cannot allow it to continue. I cannot allow it to be as it is. I cannot allow it to be the world as it appears. There is only one thing I can do. I can only start again. I can only start again by giving one individual the choice, the privilege, the ability of repopulating the world. It brings to mind a tremendous, tremendous question. And that is in our personal lives from time to time, when we look around our lives and we see chaos and confusion, how do we respond? How do we react to that sort of situation? What do we say? Do we say it's all over? Do we say, well, we tried our best and it's all over? Or do we say, we have to give this situation another chance. But the question is, how do we give another chance? And in order for us to give another chance, we have to understand what brought about the corruption. What brought about the chaos? What brought about a state of affairs where God himself has to say, this is the end as it appears. This is the end of the world. This has been a great mistake. This has been something that I don't want to continue with. And this is something that we ask ourselves from time to time as well. This is something I don't want to continue. This has been a mistake. How do we deal with mistakes? How do we deal with situations that we put energy and effort into and we think that we have done something good and great and yet when we take a look At the end result, after a while, and all we see is confusion, is chaos, is distortion, something that we never intended to be. How do we deal with those situations? Some people would say, well, chuck it all out. It was a mistake. Give it up. Walk away. Others say, no, let's start again. We have to understand the story of Noah. We have to understand the concept of the flood. We have to understand what in fact is taking place. We have to understand why God himself is sharing his thoughts, his actions with us. God could have destroyed the world we were never known. God is telling us a story, not because he's simply telling us a story. God is telling us the story because he's teaching us how to understand 
how to understand something that goes wrong, how to take a look at our own choices, our own actions, and see something that has gone wrong, to understand the cause of why something goes wrong, and how to act once something has gone wrong, and how to deal with that situation in the best possible manner. God is sharing his thoughts and actions with us so that we know as well. Yes, it's a puzzling story. It's a disturbing story. It's a story of divine regret, but at the same time, a story of divine rebuilding as well. We have to know the story. We have to understand the story. And once we do, we can go on with our lives in a far better way. More of that soon. This is the Parsha Hashavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about why God regretted the fact that he created the world and why he acted in the way that he did with the story of Noah and the flood and why, in fact, he shares this information with us. Let's take a look at the entire story of what happened over here. We take a look at the beginning of this week's Parsha, the Parsha of Noah. Well, we start right away by telling us how great Noah was. Torah tells us, and this was Noah. Noah was a man that God said, Ishtamim, Tzadik, he was a righteous man, a perfect man, and etc., etc. He followed the ways of God. And God spoke to Noah, and he told him what's going to happen over here. And God said that the entire world was now filled with violence, with corruption. And not only that, the entire world rebelled against, corrupted, violated that which was their way upon the earth. Now our commentaries have much to say about what in fact this particular passage is saying. It's not only that there was violence in the land. It's not only that there was lawlessness in the land. It's not only that people were sinful and behaving badly. There was something far more basic that went wrong. Yes, there was violence. Yes, there was corruption. But there was something far worse than all of that that was taking place. What gives us insight in what was taking place is something which Maimonides Rambam writes Something, well, pivotal, tragically, that happened in the third generation of man. Adam's grandson was a man by the name of Enosh. He himself was a very righteous man. But he made a huge mistake. And what was that mistake? The mistake was that he developed a philosophy that said as follows. God is great. God is infinite. God is creator of heaven and earth. God is beyond our reach. And therefore God has created certain elements within this world as those elements that deal with the minutiae of running the world. He created the sun. He created the moon. He created the stars. Each one of those things are his well, his, his lieutenants, his messengers that deal with the world itself. God is too great. God is too powerful. God is too infinite to deal with the details of the world. 
The sun deals with warmth, with light. It creates whatever has to be created based upon the warmth and light of the sun, etc., etc., etc. What Enosh was saying was, we have to thank and praise God for the great creation. But practically, God does not deal with the details and minutiae of the world. For this, he created other elements. And it's those elements that we have to appreciate as well. And Rambam tells us, after a while, people no longer prayed to the sun and the moon, but began to pray to symbols of the sun and the moon. Until ultimately, of course, idolatry became the idea and philosophy of the day. And people forgot about God who brought the entire world into being. Why do I say this? When we think of a world that has gone wrong, we think about sin. People behaving contrary to the will of God. People doing things that are wrong. People behaving badly. Sin is a terrible thing. Sin separates you from God. Sin creates a type of society that is unhealthy, where people interfere with the order of the world. When people behave badly, it brings about a state of chaos. What is sin? Sin is corrupting the world. And when you corrupt the world, you bring about a state of chaos. However, there is something far worse than sin. Adam sinned. Adam sinned. Did God destroy the world? No. He punished Adam and Eve. He banished them from the Garden of Eden. Cain and Abel. Cain murdered his brother out of jealousy, out of anger. God dealt with him. God punished him. What is worse than sin? What's worse than sin is when you begin to justify negative behavior. When you no longer call it sin. When there is no accountability. When you say this type of behavior is fine. It's okay. It's acceptable. That's worse than sin. Because even when people are sinful, as long as you know, somewhere along the line, you're going to have to give an account and a reckoning of your actions. Somewhere within yourself, call it guilt, call it whatever. But you know that you're doing something which is not right, not altogether good. It doesn't matter how badly you behave, that in itself that in itself indicates a road to return. And this is why sin, sin within itself, indicates still an opportunity to come back. But when you no longer call it sin, when you say it's okay, when you say it's fine, when you say this type of behavior isn't bad at all, it's fine, it's good, there is no way to return. (laughs) There's no guilt. There's no accountability. There is no right and wrong. You can do whatever you want to do. What was the horror of the Holocaust? The horror of the Holocaust, of course. We know what the horror of the Holocaust is. But the underlying violence of the Holocaust was that it was okay. 
There was nothing wrong with murdering six million Jews. They were untermenschen. They weren't people. They weren't normal human beings. And this is why it was fine to do what they did. It wasn't murder at all. And when we take a look at societies that removes the concept of guilt, when they become so, in quotes, liberalized, libertinized, actually, where everything is fine and everything is good and you can behave in any which way that you want, that is worse than sin because sin no longer exists and there is no way to return. There is no hope. Because what you're doing isn't wrong. And yet the world falls in to a state of tremendous chaos, of tremendous confusion, of tremendous upheaval. This is what is told to us at the beginning of this Parsha. Not only humans, but even animals, even the birds began to behave in a way which was completely contrary to who and what they were. There was no right and there was no wrong because there were no boundaries anymore. Everything that whatever they wanted to do, no one recognized the divine boundaries that God had brought into at the time of creation. This is why God said this must come to an end. It cannot continue. It's not because people sin. Because people sin, there is always repentance. There is always, yes, there can be the concept of punishment as well. And you remove the idea of sin. But if there is no sin and everything is okay, it simply continues with this downward destructive spiral that knows no end. There is no accountability. Everything is good and everything is fine. As we look at the world, as we understand the world, look at systems that somehow, somehow allow for this type of thinking. Everything is fine. Do whatever you want. However you feel. Whatever you feel is right is right. When we have that sort of behavior, when when there are no boundaries, when there are no limits, when there is no right, when there is no wrong, when there is nothing at all, when there is nothing that says this is where a type of behavior must come to an end, everything is good, everything is fine. That's the type of destruction that took place at the time of the flood. Who was Noah? Noah was a man who saw the world and he said, this cannot be right. He didn't have the strength or the courage to fight against the world. He didn't have the strength or the courage to change the world. But he protected his family. He created barriers and he said, we cannot be part of this. We have to live on our own. He was righteous in the sense that he stood on his own against the world. He didn't change the world. He didn't fight against the world, but he wasn't influenced by the world. He didn't allow himself to be touched by this type of violent behavior. He said, 
I know that God created the world. There is right and there is wrong. There are boundaries. There are, in fact, not only boundaries. There are descriptions. There are rights and wrongs that God put into place. And this is what Maimonides tells us. This began at the time of Enosh in the third generation of man where he said, God is too far for us. And therefore, it's up to man to make the rules and regulations. And when man starts making rules and regulations, he does whatever he wants to do. And every society begins to define those rules and regulations and those laws according to their own whims, according to their own desires, according to what makes them feel good, according to what makes them feel powerful. And this is the most dangerous thing of all. When we stop believing in and implementing divine law, when we stop looking to Torah as our guide, when we stop looking to divine law, this is when chaos develops. This is when we have the great culture battles of the world. Not so much people behaving badly, because when people behave badly, there are methods to correct that. But when it's no longer considered bad behavior, everything is fine, everything is good, this is the story of the flood. And this is why God said, this world cannot continue. This type of thinking dare not continue. Because there is no hope for this type of behavior. There is no hope for this type of thinking. We have to start anew. We have to take this whole situation and change it dramatically and drastically. And there's only one person in all the world who can do that right now, and that's Noah, because he's the only one. Yes, the only one. The entire world has lost its direction, has lost its way. There is only one who resisted that type of thinking and that type of behavior, and that's Noah. And that's why he's righteous, and that's why he's complete, and that's why he's perfect, and that's why he is the one who's going to go to the ark, and he is the one who's going to repopulate the world. But more of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. So what happens? How does God reinstate the divine order? How does God say, okay, the world fell apart? Unfortunately, not only did it become corrupt through sinful behavior, but the very foundation of correctness was corrupted as well. Not only was their behavior destroyed, but their faith was destroyed. And there were no boundaries anymore. And there was no understanding that God's law is the ultimate law and the only law. And if you remove that, anything and everything will happen. Everything will become acceptable. You can and will do whatever you want, given the circumstances. As long as your own society will justify the type of behavior that you want to justify, you can and will rationalize and justify any and every type of behavior because you are the guys who are making up the rules and regulations. So God says to Noah, take yourself, your sons, your wife and their wives, and take two of every non-kosher animal, seven of every kosher animal, 
and go into the ark. The ark becomes a metaphor of isolation. What type of isolation? A type of isolation that means you have to remove yourself while the chaos is being cleansed. You have to remove yourself from the world while the world is being cleansed. The water, the water is the symbol of washing away all that's wrong with the world. But what do you have to do when all of this is happening? What you have to do is to take the time and to examine where you stand. To take the time and prepare yourself to reestablish a world where the values are altogether different. To reestablish a world that where God's law will in fact reign as the superior type of law. That you will make mistakes, that your children and grandchildren will make mistakes. Of course you will make mistakes. But at least you will recognize them as such. That there will be sin in the world, of course there will be sin in the world. But you will see them as such. And once you see them as such, that in itself is the road to return. And this is the opportunity going into the Teva. And as our commentaries point out, what is the Teva? The Teva are the words of Torah, the words of prayer. Go into a realm of holiness. Go into a realm of divine condition where you can examine and re-examine and prepare yourself for something greater and better. This is what it's all about. What it's all about is a world that's in chaos. A world that is being washed by a divine hand. But your job, your job is not to participate in that action. That's God's job. Your job is to look at yourself and say you are now given the opportunity of repopulating your world. And repopulating the world means you have the opportunity of doing things differently in a short while. How are you going to do it? Are you going to return to the same old, to the same old? Are you going to return to normal? How do you define normal? Is it the normal that brought about the chaos to begin with? Or it is a normal that's going to bring about a different type of attitude? How are you going to repopulate this world of yours? And this is why the story of Noah is so incredibly timely. While we think about lockdown, while we think about the isolation that so many people are in, and we complain and we moan and we say it's difficult, it's, of course it's difficult. But it's an opportunity to examine and look at the values of life. It's a time that we separate ourselves from the world. And while we've been here for quite a bit of time, and so many are slowly getting back involved in the world, etc., etc., there is still that feeling of lockdown to a lesser or greater degree. And this is an opportunity that we dare not miss. There is something happening in the world much greater than we are over which we have very little control. 
and we talk about one wave and another wave and a this and a that and we follow the news and we debate and we argue and we well, the whole what we have to do is to take the opportunity of self-examination of looking at the situation and saying to ourselves am I using this opportunity of creating a new normal of repopulating my world my own world <laughs> my own family Am I taking the opportunity of bringing about a change <coughs> that will bring benefit to a great many people? A great many people, not necessarily in numbers, but a great many people that I have responsibility to and for. This is something that we should be looking at. This is the story of Noah. This is why God shares this with us. Did we fall into a trap of allowing other forces to develop our attitudes of what's right and what's wrong. And do we see the mess that that type of attitude created in the world? Yes, we do. And it's time to change. And while we couldn't do it on our own, it was too big. It was too powerful. That wave, that tsunami of attitude that was so wrong was too big and too powerful. We have the opportunity now to do things. We can actually capture our moment. We can capture our hearts. We can capture our minds. We can. We can if we so want. Can't waste this time. Can't waste this moment. Can't waste the attitudes that exist. We have to capture the situation. We have to capture the time. And this is why this Parsha almost more than most, is so important for us to read in great detail during this time. And then again, it doesn't matter if you're in shul tomorrow or if you're at home tomorrow. If you're in shul, follow the story as it's being read. If you're at home, read it slowly. Try to take a message from the story. Ask yourself, look at the world, and ask yourself, has the world gone a little bit crazy over the last number of years. And every rational, intelligent person will have to come to one conclusion. And that conclusion is, yes, it has gone mad. Could we stop the madness our own? It would be very, very difficult. So something much bigger than all of us came along and whispered into our ear, do something. Do something with yourself right now. Go into your own private table. Go into your own private ark. And do something. So read this story carefully. Read this story slowly. Read the story with a personal, personal understanding of a lesson that you have to learn. A lesson that means something as far as you're concerned. It's a story that will tell you so many things. You can save yourself. You can save your family. You can save all the animals. You can repopulate the world. You can come in. Not, I don't like the word a new normal. You can come into a new world with freshness, with light, with warmth, with purpose. You can come into a world that, well, it really reflects the purpose of God's creation. So take this part seriously. Use it well. Use it well in a wonderful way. There is so much to be learned. Have a beautiful Shabbos. Good Shabbos.